All right, good morning, everyone. Welcome to our plans and programs meeting of our uh, SFCTA. Today is Tuesday, September 20th, 2016. Uh, I'm Katie Chang, chair of this committee, and uh, we are joined by Vice Chair Commissioner Farrell, Commissioner Avalos, and Commissioner Peskin. Our clerk is Steve Stamos, and from SFGov TV, we have Scott uh, Wiseman and Leo Diasis. Uh, and uh, Mr. Clerk, if we can call the roll, please. All right, item one, roll call. Commissioner Avalos? Present. Avalos, present. Commissioner Breed? Breed, absent. Commissioner Farrell? Present. Farrell, present. Commissioner Peskin? <coughs> present. Peskin, present. Commissioner Tang? Present. Tang, present. We have quorum. Thank you. Item two, please. Item two, Citizens Advisory Committee report. This is an information item. Thank you, welcome, Mr. Wadling, our CAC chair. Good morning, commissioners. Um, I'm here to speak on a couple of items in your agenda today. Item number five, uh, information item, the um, TTC and the DTX. Um, on the financial side, uh, we expressed some concern about the high finance costs and assumptions being made for future bridge toll revenues that I think were addressed um, by the uh, TJPA. On the project itself, questions arose around the design and layout of the train box, final alignment, and how the rail yard alternatives I-280 Boulevard study would impact this and other grade separation issues, um, in particular that were brought up by Petrero Hill residents at a recent meeting with TJPA. Um, so hopefully that will uh, get worked out as things move along, uh, especially with the, uh, with the RAB coming forward. Um, also, given the cost overruns of this project, um, something that jumped out at me in particular, uh, the $160 million that's allocated to a pedestrian tunnel from the TTC to Embarcadero BART uh, seemed kind of more than excessive, although it was in the original plans. Uh, but given the known problems, uh, the cost in f to start with, and the known problems associated with maintaining existing tunnels in a safe and clean manner um, on a perfectly good above-ground option, otherwise known as sidewalks, uh, was available for free. Uh, it was, just seemed $160 million for a tunnel seemed a little excessive. Um, on the item number six, Prop K strategic plan guideways, uh, we didn't have a whole lot of comments, but we approved this unanimously. Item seven, $21 million Prop K funds. Uh, we also approved this unanimously. Uh, questions focused mainly on the specifics of the projects, um, you know, differences between uh, rapid flashing beacons and high intensity crosswalks. So um, I think uh, MTA is here. They can maybe describe what those differences are. Um, and about electrification of Caltrain and other issues with um, uh, Caltrain going beyond San Jose. Um, beyond that, uh, we didn't have a whole lot else. Okay. So, any questions? Great. Thanks so much for your presentation <coughs> and for the comments. Uh, any questions or comments from the committee? Seeing none, then we'll go to public comment on item two. All right, seeing no members of the public, um, public comments closed. <coughs> item three. Item three, approve the minutes of the July 19th, 2016 meeting. This is an action item. All right, seeing no questions, comments, uh, we're going to open up item three to public comment. Seeing no public comment, public comments closed. And if we can do a roll call, please. On or item get a two. motion to approve, I'm sorry. <laughs> so moved. Okay, all right. Commissioners Peskin and Farrell, thank you. On item two, Commissioner Avalos. Or on item oh, three, excuse me. Mm -hmm. aye. Commissioner Breed. Breed is absent. Commissioner Farrell. Aye. Farrell, aye. Commissioner Peskin. Aye. Peskin, aye. Commissioner Tang. Aye. Tang, aye. The minutes are approved. Thank you. Item four, please. Item four, recommend appointment of two members to the Citizens Advisory Committee. This is an action item. Thank you. We have Mike Pickford, our transportation planner. 
Good morning. The Transportation Authority Citizens Advisory Committee has 11 members, each serving a two-year term. The Plans and Programs Committee recommends and the Board appoints individuals to fill any CAC vacancies. Neither Transportation Authority staff nor the CAC itself make recommendations on appointments. To qualify for appointment to the CAC, applicants must be San Francisco residents and must appear before this committee at least once to speak to their interests and qualifications. Attachment one for this item shows information about current committee members. The list of applicants for the vacant positions is attachment two, and detailed uh, application materials for each applicant can be found in the enclosure. The vacancies under consideration today are the result of the resignation of John Morrison due to health and time constraints and the automatic membership termination of Santiago Lerma due to four absences over 12 regularly scheduled consecutive meetings. Uh, Mr. Lerma is seeking reappointment and is here today. There are a total of 33 applicants that you can consider for these vacancies in addition to Mr. Lerma, and with that, I can take any questions. Thank you very much. Um, colleagues, do you have any questions or comments? Commissioner Avalos? Thank you. Uh, this, was, uh, this round of appointments for the District 11 seat was actually very uh, fun to go through. I met with four of the candidates, and that's never happened before, and uh, I just want to thank everyone who has come out to apply for the District 11 seat uh, for your interest. I cannot appoint all of you, and, and I think all of you are going to be very, very qualified to do it, so uh, it's like splitting hairs, the difference between the two of all of you, uh, but I uh, look forward to your presentations. And, uh, and I also, if you can check with my office about other ways you can participate in other bodies uh, that uh, oversee uh, our actions at City Hall would be, would be great. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Avalos. Um, at this time, I'd like to start with uh, Mr. Lerma, uh, since I heard he is here. Um, just maybe we could uh, address the absences issue, and if you can explain uh, why you'd like to continue, that would be great. Uh, good morning, Supervisors, and thank you for the opportunity to speak in front of you. Um, in addressing the absences, um, I actually worked on two election cycles in the past year, and um, due to the constraints of um, elections and campaigning, I was uh, unable to make my commitments to um, the CAC. However, I um, have now moved on to a more um, a job that requires less time commitment and um, there is more stability. So, um, you know, given that, I do feel that I will be able to meet my commitments. Okay, that's great to hear. Um, and then if you are uh, reappointed, then uh, what are some of the things that you hope to work on in this capacity? Uh, well, uh, as representing District 9, um, I, the epicenter of a lot of the changes in San Francisco, especially infrastructure and transportation changes, um, I have been a resident of the mission for 10 years. I have, I grew up in the Bay Area. I have a lot of um, cultural, social um, competency that I can bring to um, the um, TA and to bring different perspectives that hopefully will uh, be inclusive of more people in my community in District 9. Thank you very much. Um, colleagues, seeing no questions or comments, then maybe at this time we'll move on to any of the other applicants who are applying for the CAC. And so if you're here, if you can just please Thank come you. on up. Thank you. Uh, and make a, a roughly two to three minute presentation. And please state your name for the record when you come up. Hi there. I'm Beth Hoffman. I'm uh, applying for the District 11 position and um, <clears throat> I teach as a professor um, in the media studies department at the University of San Francisco. I've lived in San Francisco for three years um, and I'm trained as a journalist. I cover food and agriculture mainly for about um, the past 18 years. So this is to say that 
I deal with very wonky, very um, abstract, and uh, both global, national, local kinds of issues. Um, and so dealing with that kind of uh, material and, and uh, being able to synthesize it is um, something that I do professionally. Um, I use public transportation and I bike every day. Um, I also own a car. And so um, I feel like I don't really have a specific agenda. I have uh, all of these kind of interests at heart, although public transportation and the ability to use it um, well is something that I'm very concerned about. And it's one of my perks, the perks of my work is that I, I get a subsidized public transportation and I think it's actually the best perk of my job. Um, and lastly, I think I see the city moving in uh, very good directions in terms of all of this in transportation, um, particularly in public transportation. But um, I think that the biggest issues that I see are educational and communications um, around these issues, things like uh, the new bus red lanes. Um, people don't know what that is. So I see that those are things that I know something about, and I could um, be very helpful with that. That's it. Thank you. Thank you for your presentation. All right, next applicant. <clears throat> Good morning. My name is Adam Hugo Holman, and I live in the Excelsior neighborhood uh, with my wife and two daughters. There's one. <laughs> <laughs> I would be excited to represent District 11 on the Citizens Advisory Committee in order to help improve the transit of San Francisco. I regularly use bike lanes, Muni, and BART as I commute to my job as a structural engineer in the financial district. Through work, I know project deadlines, timelines, budgets, and understand the challenges of working on complex construction projects. This knowledge would be valuable to the committee. As a father, I've learned how our public transit systems can be challenging for those who are not typically able or, like myself, care for small children or others who need assistance. Prior to pushing a stroller through a BART station, I could logically understand the need for working elevators, but didn't fully understand or appreciate the panic someone might experience when an elevator is hard to find or not working. Additionally, the experience of my sister-in-law have helped shape the lens through which I see public transportation. She has auditory processing challenges as well as reading and speech difficulties. She is too scared to use Muni or BART because often the stops are not labeled in a uniform way. She has trouble reading them or the stop is not announced over the loudspeaker multiple times. <coughs> Expand her experience to those who are blind or deaf, who don't speak English, who can't read or are new to San Francisco and the number of people affected grows and grows and grows. I now regularly find myself looking around my train and wondering how each person is experiencing their ride. Are they traveling comfortably or are they anxious and why? I also wonder who isn't even there because the challenges of using public transportation are just too great. Thank you for your time and I hope you consider me for the District 11 seat. I have given the uh, if given the opportunity, my professional experience and motivation to include the perspectives of those outside the typical commuter, I hope would be value to the committee. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate the waving back and forth. I know that very, very well, although my kid's a lot older. All right, welcome. Next speaker, please. Thank you. Good morning, and thank you to, be, to the Board of Supervisors for your time. My name is Shannon wells Monjovi. I'm a Bay Area resident since 1998, moving here to be near my sister and a San Francisco resident since 2011. 
I love San Francisco, its history, its many different cultures, its people, its uniqueness in the climate of tolerance I've come to associate with this area. I have experienced a lot of pain trying to get into, out of, and around the city by many different types of transport, and I decided I wanted to be involved in making our transit system work better. I've also heard similar experiences from many different people while on transit online and elsewhere. I'm also a recent NERT graduate and now the Excelsior NERT volunteer coordinator. I believe I have qualities that will work well on this committee. I'm an information sponge, conscientious and detail-oriented, but I can also see the big picture. I realize that our transportation system must serve the real needs of real people. I understand that giving input about how transit money is to be spent can sometimes mean choosing between two very important things. And that no matter what the decision, somebody probably is not going to like it, so I also have a thick skin. I'm willing to speak with and have spoken with almost literally anyone. If selected, I will rapidly ramp up so I can contribute, and as a contributor, I will ensure that the Excelsior's particular needs are being met, as well as those of the city. I plan to be a point of contact with my neighborhood about what is being done and what can be done for them. And, what, and for example, the new 0.75% sales, sales tax measure slated for the November ballot and its companion measurement measure, which designates some of that revenue for Transportation 2030, Vision Zero, Muni maintenance and regional transit expansion. The revenue coming in from these measures, if passed, will need to be spent wisely. So it is essential that CSC members are well informed. It is also my belief that information plus compassion equals good judgment. Judging only by the numbers doesn't necessarily give the best result. I thank you for your consideration. Thank you very much. Next Madam applicant, Chair, oh, I just Commissioner Beskin. Housekeeping matter, which mm -hmm. is that I cannot find in the packet um, Ms. Mongovi's uh, application. I can, there seems to be two of Mr. Vance's, let's just see. Yeah, it's the same, I think you guys have a little defect in your package, because it says here. She did have a, an application, but I did, it didn't. App, she's sorry. number 65, page 65 number 30, but that is a different individual who appears twice in the packet. Okay, we will sort through that and perhaps we can call up our next applicant as we're, our clerk is uh, working Ms. on Ms. Mungovi did have an application I had it in my hand, so it just didn't get into the packet that we have. Um, yeah. Okay, we'll work through that as we listen to our next applicant, thank you. Good morning to the committee. Thank you for the opportunity today to present myself before you. Uh, I want to present myself in three ways. One, who I am. Two, why I want the opportunity. And three, what I hope to accomplish. First, my name is Matthew Stevens. I'm a San Francisco resident of District 11. Uh, I'm a corporate tra finance trained professional. I have 10 years of finance experience. My specialty is large-scale capital projects. Uh, I propose, evaluate, uh, develop and present large investment projects for my company, things that go uh, up to the board of directors. <coughs> Most recently, the pro project proposal I worked on was a $4.5 billion infrastructure investment uh, that had a 30-year horizon. So that included the capital side, but then also the 30-year statement of cash flows. Um, these recommendations are investment decisions that are made uh, uh, based on the current landscape of the market and how it's going to impact the infrastructure of our company. Uh, 
But on the personal side, I also volunteer for the United States uh, Army Association and the chapter of San Francisco to help veterans find inroads in, into careers. Uh, and I think that this is a very key uh, group of people that represents a larger group of people that really rely on public transportation. So I support uh, infrastructure in a couple of capacities. Outside of the private sector, uh, I want to talk about two reasons of why, why I want to do this. Uh, one. I believe in public service. I think public service is the real opportunity for a person to make the world better than they inherited than they inherited it. And I think in the Bay Area particularly, we're at an extremely pivotal time where the investments that we make today are going to dictate whether or not we leave this earth greener and more established for the next generation. Uh, and this is something that's greater than oneself. Uh, two, I want to be part of history. I think those decisions that we make today are going to be part of history that will be written and threaded into the fabric of the next generations. The third aspect I, I want to talk about is the goals that I want to accomplish. One, I want to assist the Transportation Authority at the monthly required meetings. Two, I want to advise, propose, evaluate regional transportation projects that impact the city, but also the greater Bay Area uh, for the district supervisor. Three, I want to partner with the district supervisor and the district advisory committees to keep them informed on projects and initiatives going on within the committee and within the region. Number four, tying back to what I said, about veterans is I want to be a voice for those that don't have a voice, for veterans, disabled, senior citizens, those that really rely on public transport that can't come before the committee. I want to be a voice and make sure their interests are heard. So thank you for the humble honor. I appreciate the opportunity to speak today, um, and I, I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you very much. Committee members, any questions or comments? Okay. All right. Hopefully packet information was resolved or no? Director Chang, yes? Oh, okay, all right. Well, I would encourage, I think, if we have any questions of any of the applicants who came forward, we could just ask them directly here, perhaps. Commissioner Peskin? I just wanted the qualifications, I mean, background. Okay, do we want to call up anyone to ask any questions then? No? All right, uh, I, I, I appreciated uh, Ms. Shannon uh, wells Mongobi's, uh Presentation. She covered a lot of things in her application, what the relevance for her work uh, in the community. Uh, being part of NERT was a big part of it. So um, we're going to go to public comment. Is that sure. It? We can go to public comment first then. So if any members of the public are here for um, this item, which is item four, please come on up. Good morning, Commissioners. My name is Jackie Sachs. As you know, I am currently on the CAC. Currently, there are, there, there are eight, there are only three females on the CAC. And I've, I've voiced my concern before that in, in the future, in before I, I've voiced my concern that if we, if we appoint another new member to the CAC, it should be a female so that we're, at, we're, we're balanced, this sort of thing. All of the applicants are good. If you, may, if you decide to go with a male, it's okay with me. But in the future, think about a female so that you're evenly, you're evenly and diverse, you're diversified. Like the Board of Supervisors, there are four females on the Board of Supervisors and seven males. So um, think about that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Next speaker, please. Uh, I'd like to echo Jackie's uh, comments, Chris Waddling, uh, chair of the CAC, um, that we do need better 
representation of the city on the committee, um, both ethnically and racially or, and uh, gender-wise, um, economically. Um, I do believe that I, I see your problem. It, you've got four great candidates, and uh, I, I think all of them would be, would be wonderful on the committee. Uh, they all seem like they would be dedicated. Um, and so whomever you choose, um, whether it be a, a father, a mother, uh, someone with no children, the, you know, just factor that all in. Uh, regarding uh, Mr. Lerma, uh, I've been on the committee with him for two years, and I support his reappointment um, if, if that's appropriate. Um, he's been good to work with. Um, I would like to help introduce him to the Portola District, uh, to the south of Bernal Heights, uh, to make, make sure he's uh, aware of issues that are happening in the Portola. Um, as I'm the chair of the Portola Neighborhood Association, uh, we do have issues there as well, and so it's, um, it'll be good to work with him further on, uh, on issues that are important to us. So, but I, I look forward to working with him on those. So, thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Wilding. Uh, any other members of the public who wish to comment on item four? Okay, seeing none, public comments closed. Commissioners? Commissioner Oblis? Okay, so uh, this is a very, very hard decision, and uh, I want to just say thank you for all the people who applied from District 11 and for meeting with me at different places in the district at my office. Uh, it was very good to meet with you and to uh, really share your enthusiasm for wanting to be on the CAC and to provide service to the city. And I want to encourage you to continue to do that. We have another uh, Citizens Advisory Committee overseeing Balboa Park Station area that I think would be great uh, for people to participate in. Uh, there are huge um, projects that are coming forward in that area, uh, all around that intersection, uh, how we deal with transportation from the freeway onto city streets and vice versa. We're actually looking at a new extension of Balboa Station to the southern end so we can have an elevator going up there. Uh, there's the Geneva Office Building and the Upper Yard uh, development site that are going to go up in the next few years. So all that's going to be super important for public input on. Um, based on um, my conversations uh, with people, um, I want to support uh, Shannon Wells Mongovi for uh, the position for the CIC. I really appreciate her, um, her work in the neighborhood, and I think the NERT uh, experience is one that uh, is going to be really important to be able to connect uh, the people in, her, in our district with our transportation needs. I felt like there hasn't really been enough communication uh, about our transportation needs within the greater community, uh, and having someone in the CAC who's able to do that I think will be really uh, tremendous, so I want to support her uh, appointment to, uh, to the CAC, and we'll have that. You can approve that today, and we'll have that vote at the full TA uh, next week, I guess. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Commissioner Avalos. Um, as for myself, um, I am also okay after hearing the explanation with uh, reappointing uh, Mr. Lerma uh, to continue in this role. Um, I did hear that he was um, committed to uh, putting in the time now that he has more stability, so I'm, again, happy to um, reappointment and also heard that Commissioner Campos would uh, be happy with that as well. And... Um, in terms of the other District 11 candidates, um, all of them, I think all of you have something unique and great to offer. Um, I do defer to Commissioner Avalos uh, on his suggestion to appoint Shannon Wells Mongiovi. Did I pronounce Mongiovi? I'm sorry. Um, so I, uh, again, as Commissioner Avalos stated, would just encourage everyone else who applied to continue to seek opportunities to be involved uh, in the city and in your neighborhoods. 
So with that, do we have any other questions or comments, or maybe we can get a motion then to that effect? Uh, so a motion to um, approve uh, Shannon Wells Monjovi to the CAC as well as Santiago Lerma uh, Monjovi for the uh, Wells Monjovi for District 11 and Lerma for District 9 and move forward to the full VA with recommendation. All right, do we have a second? Seconded by Commissioner Breed who has joined us. And so now let's go to roll call. I mean, yes, roll call vote because uh, she has joined us here. On the motion to appoint um, Ms. Wells Monjovi and Santiago Lerma to the CAC, uh, Commissioner Ablos? Aye. Ablos, aye. Commissioner Breed? Aye. Breed, aye. Commissioner Farrell? Aye. Farrell, aye. Commissioner Peskin? Aye. Peskin, aye. Commissioner Tang? Aye. Tang, aye. The item is approved. All right, congratulations. Item five, please. Item five, major capital projects update, Transbay Transit Center and downtown rail extension. This is an information item. All right, we have Luis uh, Zirinaga here. Uh, good morning, Chair Tang, Commissioners. Luis Zirinaga, Project Management Oversight Consultant to the Authority. The, um, the Transbay Transit Center and Downtown Extension is uh, a signature uh, project in the Prop K sales program. It has three phases or three elements. Phase one, which is the building itself, which is now well under construction. It's expected to be ready for bus service uh, late 2017, early 2018. Uh, phase two, the Caltrain Downtown Extension and the Transbay Redevelopment Area. Uh, phase two is the subject of uh, today's presentation. Um, on June 9th, uh, the TJPA staff presented to their board uh, an update on the project and a refreshed cost estimate for phase two. And the board <coughs> uh, directed staff to proceed with work required to advance phase two. Uh, to that effect, uh, the staff issued a limited notice to proceed uh, to Parsons Transportation Group uh, for preliminary engineering. Uh, later today, you will be uh, carrying an item allocation request for $6.7 million for that effort. Um, the elements <coughs> of the DTX um, are basically starting from the south, a U-wall going in underground to a, a station at uh, Townsend Street. Uh, there will be there also a, a stub box to accept uh, grade separation uh, at a later time. Um, and then an alignment going to uh, the, the transit center and uh, all the systems, the track, ventilation, and also a BART Muni Metro pedestrian connector to the Embarcadero. Here we have the refresh cost estimate 2016, totaling $3.9 billion. Uh, this is up $900 million from the 2013 estimate, uh, which is mostly due to escalation, additional contingencies, and additional elements, uh, such as the bar connector, turn back tracks. Now, uh, this is a working budget. This is uh, not an official adopted budget. Uh, at the completion of the effort uh, that we're discussing today, uh, there will be a bottoms-up estimate. Uh, that's expected sometime in July, June, July timeframe next year. And that will become uh, the eventual uh, budget for the project. Uh, now, it is worth noticing that this uh, 
estimate is based on a revenue service of 2025. Uh, if the project is delayed from that, uh, TJPA estimates that uh, the project cost will increase by about $270 million a year. Uh, so it's also predicated on the funding, of course, which needs to be secured by December 2019. Uh, here you see the funding plan, and it has a range, uh, and it includes uh, as the, uh, the Transportation Authority tax, uh, San Mateo County tax increments, uh, FTA Newstar's money for $650 million, uh, and a future San Francisco sales tax of other local funds, about $350 million, uh, land sales, and uh, passenger facility charges. Uh, it is <coughs> worth noting that the passenger facility charges here are estimated uh, anywhere from uh, you know, $2 billion to $8 billion. Uh, they have not been negotiated with uh, Caltrain or High Speed Rail at this point, but uh, uh, the Transbay uh, staff is actually in discussions with them to negotiate. Again, this funding plan is, at this point, uh, early in the stage of this project. So uh, it is just that, an early funding plan. The delivery schedule that will take us to 2025 for uh, revenue service uh, is in front of you here, and it's, it's aspirational, of course. It's, it's dependent on getting the funding. Now, it is doable, it is, it's gonna be uh, hard, but uh, it appears that if, if the will is there to get this project going, it, it can happen. Uh, again, 2019 is the critical date for obtaining all the funding. One of the things that we have uh, done for this project, which we have uh, on previous projects, we have established uh, an oversight protocol for the project, which is consistent with other major projects like uh, Central Subway and Caltrain Electrification. Now all three projects have the same oversight protocol. And it's based on a partnership uh, between TJPA and the Transportation Authority to achieve their common goals. And basically it integrates the Transportation Authority PMO with the project team who will serve as a resource in addition to just uh, providing the oversight. As it is usual with projects at this stage, there's always challenges. Uh, and as no surprise to all of you, uh, the main challenge is the funding. Uh, most of the funding is not committed. Uh, the passenger facility charges uh, need to be negotiated. And there are you know, some large financing costs. So we're working with the TJPA together with the city uh, to advance other strategies to secure this funding. The other challenge is uh, the rail yard alternatives called uh, RAB, which is looking at other potential alternatives together with uh, removing part of all of the Caltrain yard. Uh, this study is underway and we'll have some more clarity uh, in the November, uh, December timeframe. Um, you may ask, well, why are we proceeding with this design if this hasn't been resolved yet? Well, I guess the first point is that over 85% of the work that is gonna be done under this uh, allocation request 
uh, would have to be done anyway, irrespective of, of which alternative alignment gets chosen. So it's a very small amount. And uh, most of the work that is involved in, in this allocation request is for uh, elements that are not, that were not originally designed. For example, uh, the, the BART connector uh, and uh, the widening of the throat structure and the lengthening of the, of the box. So, um, like I said, only, only about less than 15% of the work uh, is unrelated to, uh, cannot be used later on. Now, however, in consideration of that small risk, uh, a special condition was put on the allocation request uh, stating that if the Transportation Authority Board uh, takes an action adopting an alternative alignment other than the one currently here, uh, the authority reserves the right to, to basically suspend the work, uh, meet with the JPA, look at the elements that are under development, and decide whether they should continue or, or stop. Um, and that concludes my comments. Uh, uh, the, the interim executive director of the, of the TJPA is here today. Uh, if you also have any questions from him. But I'm prepared to answer your questions at this time. Thank you very much for your presentation. Um, I did want to address some of the issues that the CAC members raised. So, for example, in terms of the cost increase, um, you know, if you could speak to that. I mean, I did hear that it's due to cost escalation mostly, um, a little bit of the scope change. Um, second issue that was raised was around the design and layout of the train box. Um, and then, of course, there was the issue raised about the underground uh, tunnel for pedestrians versus doing something um, at, at ground level. So if you could speak to those issues, that would be great. Okay. Um, let's start with the, with the, the BART connector. The BART connector, uh, that is an, an element of this project that MTC is very keen on uh, because it, it provides the uh, regional connectivity for the project. Uh, there is the issue also of uh, what happens on the, on the city streets, on the sidewalks, when large amounts of people, I mean, some of these trains will carry, like high-speed rail trains, you know, will carry about 1,000 passengers. And so all those people going off onto the, uh, the sidewalks at the same time could cause some, some issues also. Um, you refresh my mind, please? Uh, yes, so one was just about cost in general. So the well, cost. okay, the cost in general, most of it is uh, contingency escalation. They added, uh, they added barge structure, uh, the, uh, the extension of the train box. Uh, and so the majority of the work comes from that. It's not, uh, uh, it's not that the elements themselves were not... Uh, for example, MTC felt that the escalation at 3% that uh, TJPA was using was too low, so it was adjusted to 5% at their recommendation. Uh, and the same thing with the contingency. The contingency was increased at the recommendation, but also resulting from uh, the uh, risk management refresh that was done uh, by the FGA that determined that uh, there was uh, more than a 70% chance probability of com completing the project within this budget. And there's another one, I'm sorry, but 
There's an, and do you have another, another piece there? Oh, uh, I mean, there was just a, a question about the design and layout of the train box. Well, the train box basically has uh, six tracks, I mean, six tracks, three platforms, uh, six platform faces. Uh, the, uh, the layout <coughs> is such that the plan is to have the, the capacity to have any trains use any track. There will be some tracks that will be designated for high-speed rail and some tracks that will be designated for, but uh, based on an agreement that was reached with Caltrain and high-speed rail, the platforms will be at the same height, 51 inches, and therefore there's the, the opportunity exists for them sharing platforms should the need arise. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Peskin has a question. Thank you, Chair Tank. So, but relative to the extension of the box, is that a lateral extension? And if so, in what direction? No, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a length, it's not lateral. It's making, it, it's making the platform longer. So it goes towards Main Street. So you're elongating the platforms Correct. within the existing box. No, it would be outside of the box. This was a, a request that came from high-speed rail uh, because they're planning to use double consists. In other words, uh, two trains hooked together, which amounts to 16 cars. Uh, that, that kind of uh, volume is not very common throughout the world, really. Uh, mostly Japan is the only one that has lengths that long. Uh, but uh, they want to make sure that the whole train, the two-car, the two-consist train, fits in a very straight platform. They don't want any curvature on the platform. And that would be a, we would dig down underneath the existing surface bus facility, or we would extend from underground? It, it would How be, does this work? It, it's, uh, it's not only the existing terminal, it's actually, um, one block, it's basically between, between uh, Mission and Howard, uh, towards the building where actually where the DJPA offices are right now, to the side there. And the widening of the throat structure, what would that entail? Yeah, well, what, also at the request of high-speed rail, uh, the throat structure needed to be widened to accommodate a, wide, a wider radius. They, they felt that uh, the trains were a little too tight going around the, the turn, so they requested a wider radius, and that entitled, uh, that resulted in a, in a wider, in a widening of the throat structure. So there may be a little more uh, real estate that needs to be uh, taken into that, into consideration to achieve that. I noticed that you had a property acquisition item starting aspirationally in July of next year, which actually is not very far away, that would be the condemnation by eminent domain of additional properties? That's my understanding, yes. And those would be for the throat structure? That's correct. Yes. And there may be some uh, for uh, vent structures also. And do we know the location of those potential vent structures? Yes. Where are they? On Townsend Street. On Townsend Street, okay. So this would be past the 
tunnel stub box? That's correct. Uh, <coughs> it's the, um, I'm trying to remember exactly. There's, on the corner of 3rd, on 3rd and Townsend, they, on the uh, west side of, of, of the street, the corner building there. Ah, there we go. Thank you. So it would be on the west side of Townsend Street. Uh, I believe there's a liquor store there now. On well, Townsend Street, you either have a north side or a south side. Uh, that would be then south side. How about let's bring up the map and we can I'm looking on at the here. screen. See, the thing is that the north is really not, the way this map is laid out makes it look that way, but in reality, it's more of an angle. Uh, so it would be on the side that is, that is closer to uh, Mission Street, that side. So in other words, there's a, I think it's a McDonald's in the corner, so it's across the street from that McDonald's. Okay. Yeah. And then relative to where we think high-speed rail at, is at relative to its arrival in San Francisco, when do we think that is? Well, um, the high-speed rail uh, business plan, uh, as amended, because they, when they when they did the uh, the original uh, plan, it had uh, the high-speed rail going to 2025 to San Jose and San Francisco in 2029. Uh, the transportation authority and and uh, and uh, other elements of the city basically. Uh, commented on that report and, and made the point that coming to San Francisco at that time would actually benefit the project because of the additional ridership and the additional attractiveness that that would create for private investment. And so on the final plan, uh, high-speed rail business plan, they acknowledged that, that a goal to San Francisco in 2025 would be uh, the best thing for the project. So what TJPA now is trying to do is trying to dovetail with that date so to be ready uh, when to accept high-speed rail when it comes to San Francisco, therefore eliminating the need for temporary facilities uh, resulting in cost savings. And so the, under this 2025 high-speed rail scenario, we would be cutting and covering and digging up second and Howard starting when? Well, construction is supposed to start in, uh, let me just, I think it's, um, construction's basically kind of, uh, well, there would be some early construction, which is the utility relocations. And that, that would happen, that could happen as early as 2018. Uh, but the construction in earnest would be 2019. Now, only a section of, of Second Street, the part where the throat structure is, uh, will be cut and covered. The rest of the alignment on Second Street would be a mine, would be a mine tunnel, not unlike uh, the uh, Muni Station at Chinatown. And what do you consider the likelihood of realigning the current alignment? Well, 
it's, it's a little early to tell because the RAP study has not concluded yet. <coughs> uh, but preliminary, uh, preliminary findings to date, as a matter of fact, they were discussed last night at a citizens working group, uh, has two alignments uh, that they're planning on continue to look for. The Pennsylvania alignment that basically would connect to the DTX as currently planned and the third street alignment that would not, would just go uh, just south, north of Tunnel 2, uh, like Mariposa or even Cesar Chavez could be. The alignment would then go to 3rd Street and go up 3rd Street. Uh, so there's two alignments. The, the current, the, the Pennsylvania alignment has the benefits that it is shorter, therefore it's cheaper than the 3rd Street alignment. Uh, it also has the benefit that it can be phased. You can build the DTX first and then build the Pennsylvania alignment. Uh, the 3rd Street alignment has, doesn't have that advantage. You, you have to build it all. You cannot just build, you cannot, it cannot be phased. Uh, so, I, in, this is my own personal opinion, there's, there's a good chance that uh, you know, the Pennsylvania Avenue alignment will be the one selected in the end. Again, this is based on very preliminary information. Uh, Why is high-speed rail so insistent on widening the throat structure at Howard and Second and don't seem to be concerned about the similarly tight turn on 7th onto Townsend? Oh, because at that point on 2nd Street, they are going into opening. They're fanning, the tracks are fanning out to create the six tracks that go into the station. So when we originally dug that part of the world up, why didn't we think about that then? That's always been the, well, the throw was always there. They just simply wanted it wider. No, I get that, but why don't we simply build it wider? Well, right now the building doesn't get there. The building just ends just, just so short that, of it, just okay. short of the throat structure. Yeah. Anything else? Have we done any geotechnical investigation around there? Yes. What's it show? Well, the, the soil conditions are... Uh, I'm sorry, around there you mean 2nd Street, you mean Townsend, or you mean the 3rd Street? 2nd at Howard to the west of the... Oh, box. yes. Uh, that, that all has been... Uh, geotechnical investigation was done actually some years ago uh, with the original council because th since this is the alignment that, that was approved um, way back in 2004. So the geotechnical analysis was done at that time. And also when uh, the design was being done... Uh, to bring it to 30 uh, percent some uh, <coughs> years ago, some years ago. And relative to governance, what is the role of the Caltrain JPA in all of this, JPB? Uh, there will be governance. Uh, there will be the, the user, basically, of the terminal. They'll use the track. They'll use the, uh, the terminal. Uh, and that's the reason why, uh, you know, TJPA feels that it's proper that they would 
pay a passenger facility charge since they contribute very little to the uh, construction of the, uh, of the station. Director Chang, yes. Good morning, Tilly Chang, Executive Director through the Chair. Just uh, wanted to note they also have a seat. Caltrain has a seat on the TJPA. Thank you. Thank you. Any other questions? Okay, thank you um, for that. I think that this will definitely be uh, an ongoing conversation uh, as this phase unfolds, but uh, I did hear good news on phase one where potentially will end up very good. So, um, so I guess that's something positive. <laughs> All right then, so this is an information item. I don't see any other questions or comments from committee members. So um, at this time then I'm gonna go to public comment for item five. Any members of the public who wish to comment, please come on up. Good morning, commissioners. I'm <coughs> Jim Haas. As some of you know, I'm a longtime critic of the Transbay project. And I have appeared before you all in various venues uh, urging the city to take more control over the um, uh, downtown extension and the uh, uh, tracks to the county line. Um, and this issue um, that is before you is an example of that uh, lack of coordination because, uh, as it was pointed out to you, the, um, uh, the, the DTX was approved 12 years ago based on work done almost 15 years ago. If you think about Mission Bay 15 years ago, the idea of UCSF there was hardly more than an idea, and it was mostly empty. And so the idea of running the trains on the surface over 16th Street uh, didn't cause much trouble to anybody. But today, it is of great concern to UCSF and other people in that area. It is impossible to put this together as it is conceived today with the trains running on the surface. Now, Many years ago, it was suggested that we build a big trench under 16th Street. That's a very 20th century car-oriented way, uh, and it would seriously impact uh, Mission Bay and UCSF. They would not be able to, to access Owen Street, which is an integral part of the, to do that. So what I'm, I, I realize that you have to continue with the engineering for this, as it was said, because mostly it deals with around the terminal. But I want to emphasize the need to bear in mind that, a good, that the portion of it that will come out of the portal and the portal and otherwise is not viable. Now, I am a member of the RAB committee, and here's my booklet. We had a meeting last night. I'm pleased to say that Ron Miguel was named our chairman, and we are looking at these items. I realize from a scheduling point of view, that this is way out of sync with the other work, and that's an issue you can take up with the planning department. I have no idea why. But um, you have to bear in mind that what you're approving is going to have to be changed because what is there is just not workable for Mission Bay. Thank you very much. Any other members of the public who wish to comment on item five? Okay, seeing none, public comment is closed. And again, that was an information item, so let's move on to item six. Item six, recommend amendment of the Prop K Strategic Plan and the Guideways Muni Five-Year Prioritization Program. This is an action item. Thank you. We have Anna Laforte. Good morning, commissioners. Um, <coughs> while Yvette is bringing up this item, I'll just give you some brief 
background on the strategic plan and the purpose of the, the strategic plan and the five-year plans. Um, these are required in the Prop K expenditure plan, and the purpose of the strategic plan is to give an overview of the 30 years of expected Prop K revenues, timing the allocation of those revenues with the availability of federal funds and other funds that Prop K would match or leverage, and also doing an assessment of whether the cost of waiting to do a project over the cost of financing debt to do a project sooner um, to give some um, context for that. And then there's... I'm sorry, yes, Commissioner sure. Farrell has a, a comment. Oh, oh, sure. Apologies, sorry, sure. I actually have to take off here, but I just want to um, make one comment. I understand this is the second last allocation for the year uh, on the Prop K. Um, we have October no and Decem November yeah. and December boards. Okay, um, anyways, one of the things I just want to make sure I mention is a priority, and we've talked about it um, with folks. We've been working, my office has been working with the MTA on a Euclid Avenue calming traffic since 2012. Um, I know their plans are to submit um, an allocation. It's been a massive community process with all the stakeholders in the neighborhood for a long, long time. I just want to make sure I identify that on the record. It's very much a priority out of my office. I think something that, that's gone well with the community and something that I hope we can support uh, before the end of the year. Absolutely, and I know that some of the improvements are advancing with non-Prop K yep. funds, but we will certainly be tuned in to the allocation request that we expect to receive in the next few days to okay. see what the recommendations are in that. Thanks. Thank you. Okay, and then also on the five-year plans, um, these, set us, these are where agencies establish the projects that they're going to deliver over the next five years, and it also gives context for how they're prioritized. So what you have in front of you on this slide is the list of projects that when um, the board approved the five-year plans for the programmatic categories, including the Muni Guideways category and street resurfacing and traffic calming and signals, and et cetera, um, for the five-year period of 2014-15 to 2018-19, so we're in year three of this five-year plan period, um, MTA had proposed these projects, and so um, Fast forward to now, 2016, and the MTA has recently updated its capital improvement program. It's reassessed when it expects um, federal uh, formula funds to advance guideways projects, and also it has, um, these are not the only guideways projects that have advanced um, in this five-year period. There were other projects that were advanced using revenue bond funds that were um, able to match um, federal funds. But this is the plan for Prop K. All of these projects match federal funds. All of these projects will still advance, except the new vehicle backup control center. Um, and as part of this amendment, MTA is um, requesting to move about $6.1 million in funding for that project, which won't advance in the next three years, um, to the overhead system and Muni Metro Rail placeholders for projects that are to be identified. So question on this chart, you know, where it says unallocated, what does that really mean? Um, is it that they weren't, the funding wasn't requested, they weren't ready? Um, yes, so the funds, so there's about $30 million programmed over the five-year period. About $10.1 million has been allocated to date. We're at the beginning of year three. You'll actually see um, a guideways request in the next item, and I believe we have two additional requests that are coming in with the next board cycle. So they're really ramping up on delivery of guideways projects with Prop K funds, but it is true that there hasn't been a slew of guideways projects that are Prop K funded. They've been delivered, as I understand it, um, with revenue bond funds matching the federal funds because of the timely use of funds requirements with the bonds. So um, one of my questions, because I see that um, rail replacement program is on here, for example, um, I've been waiting since 
Uh, I think before I was a supervisor, we had been told we were supposed to replace, for example, the El Terravel tracks. Um, kept saying four years later, then four years later. Um, not sure when I'm going to see that happen. Um, now it's being paired with Muni Forward, and then and then we obviously have to hop over to the and Judah and figure that out as well. So I'm just wondering, after all these years, what has really been the holdup here? I mean, this might be more of an MTA question, but um, because I know that you're just allocating funds to MTA. Yeah. So if someone is here, that would be great. Good morning, Madam Chair, members of commission. My name is Matt Lee. I'm the program delivery deputy for SFMTA. Um, in terms of the El Tavo project itself, I think there was a rail replacement program, but our goal as the agency is to hit the streets just once and make sure we get all the improvements in at one time as opposed to coming back and forth on the project. So I believe that during that time frame when we looked at the projects, it felt that it was better to merge both the Mini Ford improvements with the rail replacement program. Currently that project is underway. Um, we've had a couple of community meetings on the item to try to work out with the community um, what the corridor should look like. And I think the schedule currently is slated to have the completion of construction for the El Terravo line in 2020, I believe. All right, I hope so. <laughs> and then the end Judah then? You're pairing that up with Muni Forward as well, I'm guessing. Um, I think the approach and the strategy that we're going to use, <clears throat> because we want to just affect the street once and not uh, and minimize the disturbance to the residents and businesses on the block, we will be merging those two projects together. Um, right now, the resources are focused on El Tarvel first. Um, whatever we can do for the end Judah in terms of early improvements, um, we will implement those right away. But there are some aspects of it, such as the moving of rail and making sure we have um, wider sidewalks or bulb outs, those infrastructure improvements will come in as part of the larger project. All right, thank you. Okay, and then um, just guiding you to the next slide, which is the program of projects that MTA wishes to advance funding in the Prop K strategic plan in order to deliver. So the total cost is about 5.9 million. The 33 Stanion project that you see first is part of the second is part of the next item on this agenda. Um, the amendment would result in a minor increase in the financing costs in the category over the 30-year life of the expenditure plan of, of less than 2%. And just to give you an introduction to the next item so I can cover this ground now. This recommended strategic plan amendment has been evaluated in the context of a larger strategic plan amendment for three other categories that are part of the request in the next item. So um, advancing funds for the downtown extension to a rebuilt Transbay terminal category of about 650,000. Um, oh, sorry, that's actually about four million. And then there's a Caltrain electrification strategic plan amendment to advance funds for, of about 600,000. And then the new and renovated vehicles category for Caltrain. As part of that request, and if you look at it in its entirety, the strategic plan would have about $12.3 million in fiscal year 33-34 funds advanced to um, fiscal year 16-17 to see projects delivered in the near term. And the overall impact is less than 0.5% uh, increase in the amount of Prop K funds spent on financing to the program, which we consider to be insignificant and certainly recommend the amendment. I'm here to answer any questions that you have, as are some project managers. All right. Uh, colleagues, any questions, comments? Okay. Seeing none, then we'll go to public comment on item six. Any members of the public wish to speak? Come on up.
Good morning again, Commissioners. Jackie Sachs of the CAC. I've been working on the, the five-year PPP for many years, especially when, especially when uh, the executive director of the TA, uh, Tilly Chang, came on board. And one thing, one thing that I we had special meeting, we had special meetings about about the five the five year PPP, and one thing that was really puzzling is that having worked on Prop B, having two rail rail light rail projects, the Geary Light Rail and the Third Street Light Rail, what happened is because of the politics of City Hall at the time Prop B was passed. All the money went to Third Street, and nothing went to Geary. Now you're now you're trying to get come forward with the, the Geary bus rapid transit, but there is no. It's supposed to be rail ready, but there is no money in the in the, in. The, in, in the Prop K in Prop K passage in the Prop K package for um, uh, for a light rail. However, having worked on Prop K, the the third, the, the Geary Light Rail project was a, a priority three project, which means the money could be moved up when needed. And I think that I think people are getting really shortchanged because. They wanted a light rail system back in 1989, and they're not getting it now. They don't want a bus rapid transit. It might be, it might be, it might be cheaper. It might be, it might be uh, easier to easier to uh, fix and all that. But it's supposed to be light rail ready. The people want light rail. They do not want a bus rapid transit. And um, um, as far as everything else, I think you. I think you should. As far as the whales are concerned, uh, you, they brought in the Breda cars, which are heavy rail, heavy rail cars on light rail tracks. That's why you're spending all the money to re replay the, re, re uh, uh, put put in new tracks on all all the um, uh, transit lines, on all, all the uh, light rail lines. I think you should take that all into consideration. Thank you. Thank you very much. Any other members of the public who wish to comment on item six? Okay, seeing none, public comment is closed. Colleagues, this is an action item, and if we can get a motion to either approve or not approve, Prop K strategic plan amendment. Uh, motion to approve. All right, seconded by Commissioner Breed. Okay, and we'll do roll call since um, the House has changed. All right, on item six, Commissioner Alvarez. Aye. Avalos, aye. Commissioner Breed? Aye. Breed, aye. Commissioner Farrell? Farrell, absent. Commissioner Peskin? Aye. Peskin, aye. Commissioner Tang? Aye. Tang, aye. The item is approved. Thank you. Let's call item seven, please. Item seven, recommend allocation of $20,888,900 in Prop K funds with conditions for 14 requests subject to the attached fiscal year cash flow distribution schedules. This is an action item. Thank you. We have Anna LaFort again. Um, good morning, uh, commissioners. So I will get right to the um, projects that are part of this request. The first project request is from the Trans Bay Joint Powers Authority from TJPA for the downtown extension design phase. I won't go into detail as you've just heard um, details of the project and of the request for $6.7 million to advance um, the project to 30% design and also to develop solid cost estimates um, for the scope as currently proposed plus the additional work that's been um, included at this point for the modified elements. Um, the Prop K strategic plan amendment as I, as I noted in the prior item 
income would advance about $4.2 million from fiscal year 33-34 to the near term. Um, we are recommending that along with an exception to the strategic plan policy that set aside all remaining funds in this category, um, not already programmed to phase one terminal construction um, for phase two DTX construction. Um, this policy dates back to 2009, and it was put into place to reinforce the need to advance and complete DTX as soon as possible and avoid using all of the Prop K funds on Phase 1. Now that Phase 1 is um, in full swing and appears to be on track to be delivered within the revised budget, we're comfortable recommending that the DTX funds be advanced for the near-term design um, work. Um, TJPA has agreed to an oversight protocol, which is included in your packet materials. That's also a condition of the allocation, as well as the um, condition that if the SFCTA board acts to endorse an alternative alignment for the DTX, that um, SFCTA reserves the right to pause work on the current request. So those are part of the conditions of the allocation. Um, going, Moving on. Um, the next two requests are for the Caltrain Early Investment Program, and this is to electrify um, and replace 75% um, of, the, of the Caltrain fleet with electric multiple unit vehicles. It's also a um, communications-based system. Um, you have seen these projects. Um, San Francisco's share, as you are very familiar with, is $80 million of the total um, early investment program cost. Um, in April, you approved a supplemental memorandum of understanding, MOU, that provided an additional $20 million to the $60 million that's already provided. So this next request is funding $3.9 million of that $20 million <coughs> towards the electrification project. I won't go into too much detail, as you're already familiar with this, but it does have a strategic plan amendment, but that advances about $650,000 to fund the work. Next request is literally funding the rounding error that was on the original $60 million um, San Francisco share, um, Prop K funds along with the Prop A general obligation bond funds, and along with this $140,000 will fulfill the $60 million commitment um, for the uh, first MOU. The next request is for um, Caltrain's State of Good Repair annual program. Uh, you may recall that while the TA is not a member of the JPB governing Caltrain, Caltrain we have a history of offsetting the city's local capital match contribution. Um, with the um, Prop K expenditure plan that was approved in 2003. And so we've provided capital match from these categories. Um, these are separate from the electrification category, which has its own Prop K funding. Two projects to quickly highlight, the Marin Street and Napoleon Street bridges, which will um, retrofit and replace some of the structures. It will also add some um, fencing and potential fill material to address trespasser encampments and illegal dumping. Um, near the bridge, and the other project to highlight is the station enhancements and renovation project, which among other things includes restroom renovations at 4th and King Street. Next request is for the Muni Metro East Phase 2 design phase project, and this is for request for $1.5 million to extend five light rail tracks um, that you can see in the upper portion of your of your picture. Um, the original scope of the project, and the TA board has seen this request in the past, was for storage canopies for the historic streetcars um, and also for paint and body shop and midlife overhaul facilities for the LRVs. Um, the scope has been revised to allow for these storage tracks for additional light rail vehicles. Um, 
due to limited funding and competing needs for facility upgrades. Um, the MTA will continue using the beach yard for, um, for historic streetcar storage and will upgrade facilities at Woods, Green, et cetera, for the paint and body shop so that it will continue to be done um, throughout the system instead of just consolidated at MME. And um, for midlife overhauls, MTA will be contracting with the vehicle manufacturers instead of renovating this facility to perform that work. Next request is for the 33 Stanion project that you saw in the last um, amendment, and this is to replace the overhead contact systems um, from on 18th Street from Castro to Mission, and there is a handful of other work that's included in this um, project, including curb ramps at three alleys, and there will be bus, bus bridge necessary um, during six weekends um, during the construction phase, as well as some um, parking and bus stop temporary relocation. Next request is for Ellis and Eddie traffic calming. You've seen this request before as well for the design phase and also programming some lifeline transportation grant funds on the project. Happy to answer any questions that you have, but it will be um, allowing for the conversion of Eddie and Ellis from one-way to two-way operation. Traffic calming, this is, um, this is the request that Supervisor Farrell um, referenced. This is the first of two requests that we're receiving from the SFMTA for implementing traffic calming plans, area-wide plans that were completed many years ago um, before MTA uh, revamped its traffic calming program. This request advances the recommendations from a handful of the um, completed plans, Dewey, Inner Sunset, North Bernal, and St. Francis Wood, to name a few. Um, we expect to see another request within the next um, couple of months from MTA to complete the backlog that MTA has of completed area-wide plans. Next request, which is the last request, is for the Walk First Rectangular Rapid Flashing Beacons at seven unsignalized locations on high injury corridors throughout the city. Um, and I can pull out those locations if you're interested. They are in your packet materials. Um, with that, I'm happy to answer any questions that you have. Various project managers are here as well. Thank you. Just a quick question building on what the, um, Mr. Wadling had said earlier, a question that came out at CEC, which is when do we as a city decide we're going to use things such as um, the Hawk Beacon or other types of flashing um, equipment? MTA staff will address that question. Good morning, uh, commissioners. My name is Matt Lasky. I'm with MTA Livable Streets. And so specifically, you want to know when we use... When do you use the different types of flashing structure? So whether it's a hawk or whether it's um, what was previously outside of City Hall or different types of treatments. Okay, so uh, a hawk signal is a full phase signal, where a, as a rectangular rapid flashing beacon is just a, it's like a, a fancy sign um, with LED lights that um, they flash rapidly. And the RRFBs have been shown to be really effective, um, a lot higher effective um, than, you know, standard push button single light flashing lights like that was in front of City Hall. So, so that, when do you decide when to use which one? So the, these locations were prioritized through uh, Walk First. 
and um, the alternative that we would do um, instead of a, a flashing beacon would be a full-fledged signal, but um, these locations don't meet warrants for full-fledged signals, traffic signals, and so this is this is basically the best best thing that we could do at these locations to improve safety and and crashes. Okay, so for example, all the Hawk beacons right now are on slowed, and okay. I'm guessing it's because there's higher level volumes of traffic compared to say other areas Correct. where you might put in uh, one of these rectangular rapid Correct. flashing ones. Okay, and, so and slowed is a full or um, Hawks are full fledged signals, and so that is a Caltrans facility, and that was a recommendation from Caltrans to do those. Um, and we prefer, in that situation, we prefer to do signals, um, but where a signal is not warranted, like a, a full traffic signal, we do, we do these improvements. And this is as, as good as, you know, this is the best thing we can do. All right. In terms of effectiveness. Okay, thank you. And that was the end of your presentation? Okay, great. So colleagues, any questions or comments on item seven? Commissioner Peskin. Thank you, Chair Tang. Colleagues, um, I am going to respectfully request after consulting with staff that we continue the 6.774 million portion for the DTX extension um, at this topsy-turvy time on the day that the city attorney has issued a number of subpoenas. And I did, as you saw in the earlier item, ask some questions about uh, geotech. This was item five, and we did hear some comments from Mr. Haas. Uh, I am hopeful that in the next number of weeks um, that we can get a little bit of, no pun intended, stability uh, in and around um, Transbay and Millennium. Uh, in consulting with our staff, I've been informed that if we delayed this for one month, uh, it would not impede the ultimate progress of this project. So I would respectfully ask that we keep this portion of the uh, allocation within the jurisdiction of the committee and forward the balance of the 20 plus million dollar request to the full uh, CTA board. Thank you, Commissioner Peskin. And maybe we could just get staff to respond to that and just confirm that's, that's okay with timing. Mark Sabanier will um, come to the microphone. Good morning, Commissioners. My name is Mark Zabani. I'm the Interim Executive Director with the Transbay Joint Powers Authority. Uh, we wish approval of this item. Uh, every year of delay on the project is approximately $200 million. Uh, so uh, my request is for you, uh, Director Peskin, to reconsider so we can move forward. And if there's any changes that come about in the next couple of months, we'd be more happy to, to adjust our design. We've done a lot of geotechnical work along 2nd Street, along Townsend, and we're confident, and this is, we're in a design process. We're trying to achieve 30% design, so we have a long way to go in design before we uh, settle down on an actual design. So, and we need this time to investigate. So my request is to, if you could uh, reconsider and move forward, and we will come back and report to you on any information that we have, and we can adjust accordingly. I mean, my larger understanding is that this is just a drop in the bucket, but it's really a sign to our funding partners that uh, the CTA is interested in putting money in to leverage ultimately subventions from other 
agencies and other governments uh, outside of the city and county of San Francisco. Um, and to that end, I mean, it doesn't sound like any great amount of work is going to happen in the next 30 days. I think the larger political picture is that our funding partners need to know that we're committed to the project. And my understanding is that a one-month delay is not going to in any way upset that apple cart. I respectfully disagree to the point that we're gaining a lot of momentum in moving the project uh, forward. And this is the first request, financial request we've asked from our funding partners. This is the money that's going to allow us to proceed with the design to a 30% design. Right now, our design is not at the 30% level as a whole. This allows us to move to 30% design, allows us to develop a robust cost estimate and a, and a risk management plan that would allow us to uh, determine the level of contingency reserves that we need so we can adopt a new budget. At this point, the board adopted budget for the DTX is only $2.5 billion. It's not reflective of the cost estimate of the budget or the expectation. So we need that money. We need to advance the design to 30% in order to achieve these goals. And one thing we want to do, we don't want to happen to us what happened to us in phase one, where our, our estimate was never solid. It was always moving. So this money will allow us to take our design to a full 30%, uh, update our cost estimate bottoms up, perform a robust risk assessment to establish the proper level of uh, contingency and reserves, and go to the TGPO board and adopt a new budget. So, and my fear is we will lose quite a bit of momentum if we don't proceed with the approval today. So, colleagues, I, I mean, let me express a kind of range of concerns, which is I want to go into this next phase with our eyes very wide open. Um, the last time for the first phase, uh, I sat here, uh, and I'll just, by way of a little bit of history, remind my colleagues and remind the public uh, of various things that happened along the way that had I known, uh, I would have asked different questions. And I think had we all known, we would have been much better informed. For instance, uh, this board of, that board of supervisors uh, condemned a piece of property at 80 Natoma. We were told by our legal counsel at the time uh, and the TJPA that that condemnation proceeding would cost $12 million. By the time the judge's gavel went down, it cost $58 million. Uh, this project contemplates the condemnation by eminent domain of a number of properties in a number of locations. I would like to have a very, very good understanding of that before we start advancing $6 million that then becomes $20 million that then becomes $100 million. I think that given our experience in phase one, we owe that to ourselves and the public and the taxpayers. Thanks, Commissioner Peskin. I, I definitely hear what you're saying. I think um, what I'm, um, I just want a little bit more clarification on is I know that the 6.7 million here is really just for design again. Yes, so design. Um, if we were not to approve this today or move this uh, forward through the full TA, um, I mean, I know that you said it would cause delays, but re really what does that mean? Are you actually halting your design process? Yeah, we are not designing. The, we have not been working on a DTX design-wise for almost more than a year. It's been basically on life support. So we finished phase one. Now that phase one is fully funded, it's underway. We expect to finish construction in 2017, December 2017. Our focus has shifted to phase two, and that's when we started our discussions with Executive Director Tilly Chang on how do we fund the preliminary engineering to move to a 30% design so that we can adopt a new budget 
have a robust cost estimate that would take us through construction. And to your point, Director Peskin is moving to a 30% design, gives us the right of engineering that we need. Right now, we think we need portions of certain parcels, but we're not sure yet. We need, we're, we're on the conservative side. Once we're done with the 30% design, we would finish our right of engineering, which tells us what parcels are exactly impacted and how they're impacted, and whether we need easements from them or whether we need to buy full takes or partial takes and so forth. So your questions would be answered at the 30% level after we're done uh, with the design. And I'll be more than happy to brief you fully, the board and yourself, on our progress as we move forward. We're not going to be doing right-of-way acquisition until middle of next year if we're lucky. And we need a lot of information before we hit that uh, step. So that money will allow us to get to that step, but not before then. Commissioner Breed. Thank you. And um, I also want to mention, I guess, with the significant cost overruns of the project, the issues around management, I mean, there are definitely, besides the uh, concerns that Commissioner Peskin expressed, um, around trust um, with everything that continues to happen with this project and with how much money uh, we've spent and we're now on the hook for. Um, so it's like, where's the, and I guess this is to the TA, you know, where's the oversight and um, are you managing this properly and what's going to happen through the duration if we were to advance this money? Um, what is the plan to make sure that it's properly spent and we're not being asked again for a 25% increase later on down the line or we're not necessarily using these plans and may need to select a different architect. I mean, this has been what the consistent challenge has been with this project as a whole and it is just beyond frustrating because the mistakes that happen here are multi-million dollar mistakes, not just a couple hundred thousand here and there. I can just address one part of it and then just want to assure you the reason we're doing what we're doing is to we want to have a robust cost estimate. We want to make sure that we produce a cost estimate that the region agrees with, the TA as well as MTC. And that's what part of the money we're asking for is to do that so that we're going adopting one budget that would take us through construction. The second part is we're entering into an oversight agreement with the TA, but the agreement they brought to us, to, to me initially, was just purely oversight. We went back and told them we were looking for a partnership agreement. So we're entering with the TA as basically a partnership agreement. A $4 billion project is not going to be delivered by one agency. It's going to be delivered collectively by several agencies, including TGPA, will include the TA as well as MTC. So, and uh, our approach moving forward is going to be a full partnership approach where we're collectively advancing the project and delivering it. With that, I'll turn it over to... to Director Chang. Thank you, Commissioners, for your thoughtful questions and comments. Yes, I just want to echo um, Director Zabangi's uh, report that we have established a strong oversight protocol. Luis Zaranaga reported on that earlier. Uh, this was a lesson learned that uh, from our experience on earlier phases, but also on the positive experience that we've had on Central Subway, and that we've also negotiated for Caltrain electrification. These are very complex projects, and they're, um, they're, the spirit is always there, but I think what we would want to do is even increase our reporting to you all uh, we've been doing that reporting in past um, cycles to past boards. That advice was sometimes 
um, acted upon and sometimes was not. So I think that we will make extra efforts to be sure that we are, we are able to notify the entire board of our advice uh, in a timely way going forward as part of the strengthened over, oversight protocol. And thank you. I do appreciate the additional oversight and we'll definitely plan to hold the TA accountable in this particular case. Um, I, I will be willing to support this moving forward. Um, this is definitely something with the Transbay Terminal and all that we've had to endure over the past couple of years. We are keeping our eye on it, and I appreciate your proactiveness, and we're going to need to even um, be more proactive. So the additional oversight, the reporting back to the um, commission on a step-by-step -step basis um, as this, these things occur would definitely be appreciated for me. Thank you, Commissioner Breed. And I will just add that, again, I, I fully uh, appreciate Commissioner Peskin's uh, line of questioning here. I think a lot of us are kind of on pins and needles when we talk about um, increased costs and so forth. Uh, but I do think that, at least from what I've heard, phase one has is actually ending up um, positive. Um, I won't go into details here, but um, in my opinion, the 6.7 million is really critical for us to be able to down the line, then further question and build on what Commissioner Peskin is asking right now, actually. So we do need that foundation set up in terms of design to, to um, see what it is that uh, future problems that may arise, alternatives and so forth. So, so I'm okay with moving forward the 6.7 million, but I think that after this phase, um, absolutely, we need to continue um, the oversight and the questioning and all of that. So okay, I'll, I'll so Commissioner add, Peskin. I'll just add some final words. This is all obviously happening, happening with the backdrop of a building next door that we all know has uh, sunk some 16 inches and is apparently uh, subject to what they call differential settlement and the building is tilting. Uh, Exactly 59 minutes ago, the Millennium Corporation held a press conference, and um, I am not a structural engineer, I'm not a geotechnical engineer, I am a layperson, uh, and this will ultimately be resolved through litigation or what have you, but the allegations are, whether or not they are true or untrue, that the dewatering of the Transbay site has exacerbated the rate of sinking of the Millennium Tower. Um, this is ultimately not something that we're going to adjudicate, but it's something that I would like to understand. I think we should all understand insofar as we just bailed the TJPA out to the tune of a quarter of a billion dollars. And I would like to understand what the liability is and who's going to pay for it, whether it's, you know, how this all works. I hope that the TJPA has no liability in this matter and that is all on Millennium, and we're going to be holding hearings about that this Thursday, and they're not aimed at the TJPA. I have profound hope that um, in my lifetime we will have high-speed rail and a Caltrain extension that go into the heart of our ever-growing downtown. So let me be clear on that. I supported uh, the Transbay project all through my earlier tenure on the board uh, a decade ago. But I would like to get a few more answers in the next month um, given the sensitivity of this situation. So uh, rather than making a motion to strip out the $6.8 million, I just intend to vote against this now because I would like to have another month to look at this as I happen to be highly engaged in this matter. Thank you. Commissioner Avalos. Just a question for Commissioner Peskin through the chair, if there's any uh, information that could 
come to you between now and when we vote at the full TA, that might give you a sense that you could support uh, moving forward. And we can have that discussion about whether to strip out this section of the strategic plan uh, when it comes to the full TA. When is your next TJPA meeting? October 13th. So the answer is it would have to be after October 13th, so the answer is no. I'll be more than happy to meet with you and provide you the information that you need. Uh, what we're asking for has no bearing on the right-of-way acquisition or any properties. We just want to advance our engineering to a point that we understand um, uh, what properties are being acquired, will be acquired, uh, our rights, and also to understand what engineering we need to do, and more importantly for me, to, to maintain the momentum that we have and continue with to, in order to attract the funding that we need is we need to come up with a cost estimate. And right now, the cost estimate that was presented today is work in progress. We need some more engineering to figure out the cost estimate. So I impress upon you for your support. One point to make on the Millennium comment uh, is that that building was sinking before we started construction. And that building was tilting away from us and never tilted towards us. So it's cause and effect. We did not, what's happening is not part of us. I am you, intimately familiar with the fact that okay. by February of 2009, that building had sunk 8.3 inches, much more than the four to six inches that Treadwell and Rolo predicted it would settle in their 2005 report. And it tilted away from us. It's tilting away I from us. I understand okay. that too. Okay. With that, I appreciate your support. Thank you. All right. So I do hope that, uh, yes, uh, the two of you will connect and your staff and you'll be able to get some additional information. But th at this time, I do feel comfortable because, again, this is just for uh, the design work that we need for future cost estimates and to make sure that uh, what we're doing is actually uh, safe and um, the best option we have out there. Okay. So um, colleagues and um, oh, yes, uh, Commissioner Avalos. Uh, I would be uh, okay to move forward. Uh, and also to at the full board to, if there's a need to entertain whether to strip out the language about the, the strategic plan. So I'm willing to consider that at that at that stage. All right. So I'm willing to move forward today. If and I appreciate it. Let me know if you need any information in between. I'll be more than happy to. Okay. All right. Thank you. So at this time, then I'm going to go to public comment for item seven. If anyone is here for public comment, please come on up. Okay, seeing none, public comment is closed. Uh, colleagues, it's an information item. If we can get a motion. It's an action item. An, action I'm item. sorry, an action item, and if we can get a motion. <laughs> uh, motion to approve this board recommendation. All right, motion by Commissioner Avalos, second by Commissioner Breed, and if we can do roll call vote, please. On item seven, Commissioner Avalos. Aye. Avalos, aye. Commissioner Breed. Aye. Breed, aye. Commissioner Farrell. Farrell, absent. Commissioner Peskin. No. Peskin, no. Commissioner Tang. Aye. Tang, aye. Item is approved. All right. Thank you. Item 8, please. Item 8, Plan Bay Area 2040 Draft Preferred Scenario. This is an information item. Thank you. We have Michelle Beaulieu. Michelle Beaulieu, Senior yes. Transportation Planner, Policy and Programs at the TA. Um, thank you, Yvette. I will go through this super quickly. Um, this is an update on the Plan Bay Area 2040 status. Um, today we'll go through the recently released draft transportation investment strategy and draft preferred land use scenario and update you on the schedule. 
Um, so as a refresher, Plan Bay Area 2040 is the Regional Transportation Investment Strategy and Sustainable Communities Strategy, um, and it includes ambitious greenhouse gas reduction targets, uh, reduction targets and a plan to accommodate the need for new housing at all income levels as well as the regional transportation investments. Um, so just earlier this month, MTC and ABAG released the draft preferred land use scenario and draft transportation investment strategy, um, and we are here to present this information that we have. Uh, we may be coming back with an update and possible action in October if warranted, and MTC and ABAG intend to adopt a revised preferred land use scenario and transportation investment strategy in November. Um, so at a very high level, the transportation investment strategy includes $309 billion total over 24 years. Of that, 74 billion, of that 309 billion, 74 billion is considered regional discretionary funding, which MTC uh, will be directing towards high-performing projects to help meet Plan Bay Area 2040's adopted goals and performance targets. Um, and the good news so far is that with the limited information that we have from MTC and ABAG at this time, it seems that all of San Francisco's project priorities that need to be in the plan are included. Um, we also, so far, as we can tell, um, we are receiving most of the regional discretionary funding asks that we've made of MTC and ABAG, which is great. Um, in addition to this, MTC is showing greater investment in transit core capacity and transit state of good repair than they did in the previous plan. Um, this plan, uh, MTC is also including um, some projects that they're calling out as equity strategies, which include funding bus operations and bus service increases. And overall, this plan includes an increase in transit service over the previous plan. So again, the main takeaway for us is that the draft transportation investment strategy is consistent with San Francisco's policy goals. Um, the second part of Plan Bay Area 2040 is the land use preferred, the draft preferred land use strategy. Um, and I think as everyone on this uh, committee is aware, um, in the past years we've seen a great imbalance between the job creation and household growth across the region. Um, and here in San Francisco alone we've seen housing values increase by almost 300%. Um, and so the draft land use scenario process looks forward at the forecast for jobs and households in the region um, and using a scenario uh, process, they compared different development distribution patterns um, and using the target performance scores from those different distributions as well as using land use modeling and conversations with local governments and stakeholders have developed this draft preferred scenario, um, which you can see here at a high level. This scenario is consistent with the previous plan in that it focuses most of the household and employment growth within priority development areas, which are locally identified infill development areas in existing communities, uh, which you can see on this map are the purple splotches across the region. Uh, for San Francisco, um, the priority development areas are also called out in purple on this map. Um, the draft preferred land use scenario includes more jobs and housing in San Francisco than it did in the previous plan. Um, these are still draft numbers. We're still waiting to get information about the distribution of jobs and households across the different priority development areas in San Francisco. Um, and we're also waiting for details on what types of jobs are included in these numbers. Um, but we are working with planning to work with MTC and ABAG to get that detail and do some analysis. Um, but we are seeing a larger percentage of 
of the regional employment and household growth in San Francisco than in the previous plan. Um, so taking the transportation investment strategy and land use scenario together, uh, MTC and ABAG have performed a performance analysis that shows that for most of the targets, we are either, this plan is either achieving the target that was set uh, or is moving in the correct direction. Um, at, However, there are some areas where the targets are not being met, which I'll talk about in another slide. Um, but this is what that looks like. So for example, the target for reducing carbon emissions is negative 15%, and the draft, for, for, draft preferred scenario would reduce the CO2 emissions by 18%. Um, However, increasing non-auto mode share, the target was to increase that by 10%, and the draft preferred scenario, while it increases that share, only increases it by 3%. Um, but where the plan is not meeting targets is really specifically around housing and transportation costs um, across the region. Um, in 2005, low-income households were putting 54% of their household income towards housing and transportation costs alone. And even with all of the investments and policy strategies in this plan, this draft plan, um, in 2040, low-income households are expected to have to spend 67% of household income on housing and transportation costs alone. Um, and while this is somewhat better than no project, it still indicates that there is need for aggressive action on the parts of all levels of government um, to address the current housing crisis. Um, at the ABAG and MTC meeting, uh, there was discussion with uh, the San Francisco commissioners as well as all the other commissioners um, about whether this is the kind of future we want to support and what actions can be taken with the transportation dollars that are in this plan, as well as additional policies that are outside the purview of Plan Bay Area, such as potentially creating a regional revenue mechanism for housing. Um, so that's the status of Plan Bay Area 2040. Um, as I mentioned, this was just released earlier this month, and ABAG is meeting with planning directors right now to refine the land use scenarios. Um, comments are due in October. They expect to adopt a per the preferred land use scenario and transportation investment, scenario investment strategy in November so that they can begin the CEQA process for eventual adoption of Plan Bay Area 2040 uh, next year. And with that, I'm happy to entertain any questions. All right, colleagues, questions, comments? Okay, seeing none, um, I know some of our colleagues are very involved in this conversation already outside of this body. Um, so at this time, then we'll go to public comment for item eight. All right, seeing none, public comment is closed. That was an information item. Item nine, please. Item nine, introduction of new items. All right, commissioners, any introduction of new items? Seeing none, let's open up item nine to public comment, specifically on introduction of new items. So we'll call general public comment next. Okay, so seeing none, public comment's closed. Now number 10. Item 10, general public comment. All right, please come on up. Thank you. Good morning. Andrew Yip, Chinatown Mission Officer. Upon our universal passageway for great success of human civilization, of great passion, of heavenly destiny, of divine wisdom, our daily works of awareness in business pathway should apply of that king's mighty way onto world mission with holy studies in making true self in success for having the virtues in anew of our people for complete awakening toward the truth for everything. One must work hard for personal collaboration and nourishment of self, nature, and soul. One must work hard for ambition pathway so everyone of our people enjoy better spiritual life today than the day before. One must work hard for holy teachings in evolutionary development 
to assist others in having a complete divine recovery of origin of self-nature. One must work hard to maintain the healthy personal, family, and social order for one's peaceful life. One must work hard to establish quick foundation of holiness on earth like heaven. Political leaders should make sure certain people are having secure and wealthy way of daily life and depart from tragic disasters and dangers. With every term of national presidential election, we have a new hope for a better change. America shall move forward for the one prosperity with our new national leader this November. God bless America. God bless Holy Mission. Amen. Thank you very much. Any other members of the public who wish to comment? Please comment up. Okay, seeing none, public comment is closed. All right, uh, next item, please. Item 11, adjournment. All right, this meeting is adjourned. Thank you.